We're at 8, out 19 before 9. Let's find out how Wall Street's doing today. We had have an off day yesterday on Wall Street. Wasn't catastrophic by any measure, but we kind of got spoiled for a little while. One more day to make the month positive. Let's go down and check in with Philip Statler from Statler Financial Services and see what his take is on today. Philip, good morning. How you doing? Hey, good morning, David. Doing well today. Was sweating bullets, thinking I wasn't going to make it here in time, but uh, you went a little long. So hey, perfect timing. I'm really glad that you're here. Yeah, I was running a little late with Heartland Happenings anyway, and that worked out to everybody's benefit. Uh, it was the government data dump going on this morning. We started out uh, way early with the uh, projected job cuts. The Challenger job cut report came out. On a percentage basis, I'd be nervous about this, but then I got down to absolute numbers and said, what the hey? Uh, last month, they reported February decreased projected job cuts by 55.9% from the month before, and I saw the number come across my wire. The March job cuts were slated as an increase of 40.3%. Then I looked at the absolute number. Companies around the country only planned on cutting 21,000 jobs nationwide last month, which kind of underscores just how hard workers are, our employers are working to try to hang on to their workers, aren't they? It really is. You know, you don't want to lose anybody because especially <laughs> – if they're doing the job, right? Because it's so hard to replace people right now that it's not even funny. And so uh, it's one of those cases where you want to keep everybody you got right now. Yeah, heaven knows it's hard to find employees to begin with. You're trying to expand. Doggone it all. You don't want to lose somebody unless you can't avoid it. Uh, the rest of the stuff pretty much on target. We got that PCE inflation report that we thought we were going to get yesterday. Ended up coming in today. Year-over-year year PCE inflation. Uh, it was expected to come in at 6.4% in February, came in exactly where they expected it to be. And the core actually was about a tenth of a percent less than my tip sheet was expecting at 5.4% inflation. Don't like the numbers, but at the very least, one of them came in less than they expected. Well, that's true. And that's, um, that is good news. Uh, even though, like you said, it's slightly, slightly less than, than expected. Yeah, some of your other numbers, though, that you're going to talk about, they, they're a little bit more concerning, though, than those. Uh, yeah, among others, the uh, jobless claims number. We expected 196,000 jobless claims this week. Ended up getting 202,000. Kind of dovetails a little bit onto that uh, that Challenger job cut report. It, it, one week, we're not going to really react to it because the numbers are so small. It's almost statistical wobble, but still uh, got two numbers that show a slight increase in layoffs, and I'm not 100% sure that's anything that's going to give us any comfort on Wall Street. Well, no, and like you said, it, it's statistical wobble, right? It's, it's not a big enough uh, number. We're basically a full employment for those that want to work right now. So, so that's not a, a huge deal. There's, um, but, but, you know, we continue to look at income and spending, and those are the two areas I think are a little, uh, well, it could be a little concerning. Yeah, I was going to say, you're a step ahead of me. Personal income was up by one-half percent last month, which, according to my tip sheet, was about what was expected. But the thing that concerned me is we're getting a little bit on the nervous side, it seems, on personal spending. February, we expected a uh, five-tenths of a percent increase in personal spending. We did spend a little more, but it was only up two-tenths of a percent, less than half of what the uh, market expected. I'm reading that as being nerves over the situation in Ukraine combined with inflation. 
I think so. I mean, I think, I mean, when people get that uncertainty starts to kick in, um, especially how it could impact us and our economy, people start to hold back a little bit. The other thing, you look at personal spending, personal income up a half a percent, and that's almost the same as core price index increases, right? Four tenths of a percent. So the other thing is that, that income is, uh, at least last month, barely ahead of, uh, of price increases. So they're not really gaining anything overall. And, you know, as if, frankly, at an inflationary time, I'm satisfied with just keeping pace. So I'm not quite as concerned about that. But what scares me is the notion that if I got an extra $10, I'm only spending four of it. This economy is run by consumer activity. People, we got to spend our money in order to make it work. Uh, that's right. Absolutely. If we're not spending money, everybody's saving money. Um, it just um, it doesn't drive the economy that way. And in the consumer-driven economy, that could well it did in 19, it it did back in 0809. A drop in consumer spending and consumer confidence was what triggered that recession off of a scare on the housing market. So, uh, yeah, we do have some examples as to what's happened before on that. If we don't spend, we can we can save ourselves into a recession too, which sounds like reverse logic, but it is true. That you're right, but you can because it's it's how far can that dollar go around the world. You know, you know, you spend it, somebody else spends it, somebody else spends it, and that's what keeps the economy going. Absolutely. I'm speaking of recession, and I really hate using that word, but the fact of the matter is it's got to be mentioned once in a while. The, uh, uh, the, uh, in, the interest rate inversion between the five- and the ten-year bonds continues into this morning, so we still have that little uh, you know, red flag out there saying, be a little bit concerned, people, there is something on the horizon. It hasn't gone to the two-year yet this morning, but uh, still I'm looking at uh, five-year Treasury bonds yielding more than ten-year Treasury bonds again this morning, and that's always been considered at least a relatively reliable harbinger of an oncoming recession. Yeah, it has. And, and let's just face it, both of those interest rates have fallen, the, you know, the, the overnight, they, at least the 10 years down, oh, about two one hundredths of a percent. So down to 2.33, and it was up close to 2.5%. Absolutely. On the uh, economy front, the other thing going on is President Biden announces he's going to release a bunch more oil out of the strategic oil reserve. That's had a beneficial impact on the price of oil this morning. But one has to keep in mind that's a Band-Aid approach, because once we pump it out of the tanks from the strategic reserve, it's gone. We're going to have to eventually buy it in order to replace it. And, uh, well, then what do we do, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, at some point, we got to replace what we take out of there because we need the reserves. If we drain the reserves too far, that could be problematic too, right? Because it's there for a specific purpose. Um, and so I think I read a report they're, they're going to release a million barrels a day for the next several months. Doesn't, doesn't have how many, just several. That could be three or four, right? Six, that's about, who knows? That's about a third of the shortfall that we're not buying from Russia at the moment. So, yeah, it's going to have an impact. But once again, when it's gone, it's gone. During the Trump administration, when we had the uh, big decrease in the oil, uh, the administration pretty much filled up the National Reserve while that was at bargain prices, because at that time, the government needed to support oil prices. Boy, <laughs> those were the days. Yeah, uh, weren't we, they? 
You know, we bought it in order to support the price of oil, and we filled it up. So we're using it for the proper course, but at the same time, it needs to be again stated that's a Band-Aid. That doesn't fix our production issues. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it's hard to remember back at $30 a barrel for oil, isn't it? What was that? That was way back in the... <laughs> Exactly. You know, it hadn't been that long ago. We saw that kind of pricing in oil and now we're well over a hundred. Well, not well over now. It's back down to close to a hundred. Uh, but, uh, but what was up to almost 120 or 130 earlier. So it, a big swing in oil affects a lot of things, not just what you and I pay at the pump, but it also affects the prices of things that you and I buy plastics and, and all the stuff that, that that's energy goes into is, uh, hey, factories got to pay for it. Absolutely. And taking that big chunk out of the strategic reserve does have an effect on the stock prices, too. When we get to the indexes and when they start this morning, especially the growth stocks, you'll see a change on that percentage-wise as well. Uh, we're not into earnings season yet because it's not the 1st of April yet, but we do have one of the Dow components actually reporting, don't we? We do. we got one holdover. It kind of comes out right at the end of the quarter, and that's Walgreens. Uh, they reported a profit of $1.59 a share that was 19 cents better than expected. Revenue came in better than that Wall Street had hoped for, too. So good news there. Uh, comparable pharmacy sales rose 7.3%. So, again, a lot of that's because of COVID, COVID vaccines. Um, so a lot of things uh, look like they're really helping. Uh, Walgreens, but I got to tell you, they've been all over the board this morning. They've been up a little, they've been down a little, they've been up. Now they're down 2.7%. I didn't see anything in the report to give me any, any indication of why it's dipping, but it's uh, it's dipped negative right now. I wonder if that, uh, that would if somebody broke out the uh, portion of that increase in pharmacy sales that came from COVID vaccines, because nobody can expect that to last forever. Well, that, that's true, even though they're coming up with number four, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Resetting the table this morning yesterday, like I said, was an off day on Wall Street. You'd normally consider it pretty routine. The blue chips on the Dow, only down 65 points. Standard & Poor's was down by 29. NASDAQ, again, concerns on transportation, supply issues, and energy. It was down by 1.2%, down 177 points yesterday. Then Biden announced the release from the oil reserves, which evidently helped a little bit. 45 minutes before we open what are we looking at this morning well it's not helping a lot dave we are uh, still got a mixed bag mostly red though the dow is down a little over a tenth of a percent that's uh, 41 dollars the uh, s&p 500 is down two dollars so basically flat and the nasdaq 100 is up but uh, only a little over a tenth of a percent about 22 dollars so not much movement either way there. Then we look at the commodity side. We still see silver uh, going down a little bit, down about a th three tenths of a percent, still above 25. Gold is down a tenth of a percent, and then crude oil is down 5.5 percent. Right now, it's trading at 101.84 per barrel of oil. Well, at the very least, that uh, move from the Biden administration is stopping the bleeding for the short term on oil, isn't it? It is. And, um, you know, there's probably only two things that are going to stop it for real. And that's uh, Russia, Ukraine gets done with their um, fighting match over there or 
they open up the oil fields and tell people to start drilling for oil and, and give them a little bit of leeway. You and I have been saying a couple of phone calls out of the White House might help that situation a lot better than the reserves. Uh, looking across the pond, the uh, Asian markets generally evenly off, not monstrously, but they were still in red ink this morning when they uh, when they closed at 6 a.m. Europe's a mixed bag. France is having a party. They're up by 2% this morning. The other two major indexes over in Great Britain and Germany are off fractionally midway through their trading day. Keeping tabs on what goes on short-term can drive a person crazy, and it's really bad advice with a retirement fund. I need a long view, Philip. How do I get it from you for my retirement plans? Yeah, that's exactly why we developed the core retirement design. Uh, so we can help you design the retirement you always dreamed of to accomplish the things you want to do. Give us a call at 863-382-0037 to schedule your core retirement design. They can help us this weekend. Uh, watch Statler Financial Show on the radio, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk, 730 and 95.3 FM. All righty, and back here one more time for the week tomorrow to take a beat on what actually happened during March after the close today. We'll see you then, Philip. All right, man. Have a great day. You too, sir. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services, Philip Statler. Hey again, folks, I want to thank you for joining us. And this is the last day of March tomorrow. Join me again for April Fool's Day. Until then, have a great evening. Bye now.